You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject that I've got coming up for you, it's another legend. So many a cavalcade of stars on this particular podcast series, this little indie podcast series I host. This one is from a band called Corrosion of Conformity. We've had a chat to the guitarist from the band. Now it's time to talk to the front man. It's Pepper Keenan. Pepper Keenan from Corrosion of Conformity. What a legend. Holy shit. Never thought I'd get a chance to chat to the great Pepper. But here we are. Pepper, of course, also performs in Down, and there's a few other side, side projects there. But his main gig is in Corrosion of Conformity. And the reason for the chat is to promote their 2020, February 2022, that is, of Australia. There is one show in New Zealand. I'll read that one out quickly. It's uh, in Auckland on Tuesday, the 4th of Feb at Galatos. Then it's across the ditch to us here in Australia. Wednesday, the 5th of February, they're playing in Adelaide at Lions Arts Factory. Thursday, the 6th, they're playing at Amplifier Bar in Perth. Perth, you get a show. There you go. Melbourne, you've got a gig on the 7th, Friday the 7th at Max Watts. We're here in Brisbane, as I mentioned in the... Woody Weatherman edition of this particular podcast series. I will be attending the Saturday, February 8th show at Crowbar. And then Sydney, you get a show on Wednesday, the 12th of February. Really unusual date that there for Sydney, but so be it. About time you bastards got a show during the middle of the week. It's usually us up here that get that. So there you go. Anyway, much love to Sydney, by the way. Here he is, Mr. Pepper Keenan from the Outfits, Corrosion of Conformity and Sounds about right now, doesn't it? All sorted. Is that right? Sounds good. Yeah, it's good. Good to good to talk to you, mate. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. How's the? Talk before. No, that's all right. No, I appreciate you making time for me, brother. I really do. I've been a, a long time fan and admirer of of the great work that you've done for rock and heavy metal. I'm just trying to stay ahead of all these fucking interviews, bro. <laughs> oh, they, they've got to be tough, haven't they? I know I, I, I've done almost 500 of these interviews with people such, you know, Rex uh, from Pantera, heaps of people, mate. And, mate, they can be punishing at times, can't they? No, yeah, believe me. I could, I could be fucking laying asphalt for a living on a fucking highway. Come on. <laughs> well, that's a good attitude, actually, because, yeah, I mean, I know, it's a, I know you're obviously very grateful and thankful you can do this, but uh, how many interviews have you, have you done today? Well, I, I clearly, I, clearly, I didn't get the memo because every time I hang my phone up, it fucking rings again, and it's somebody going, "Good day, mate." I'm like, "Shit!" <laughs> I, I literally did not check my email today, but I'm just going with it because it's fucking Australia. Well, thanks, brother. We re- we really appreciate it, and uh, you know, I mean, the thing about there was a lot of interest, as you probably know, and I actually had a chat to Woody only a couple of hours ago. I was so keen to talk to. I've had a chat to Reed, I've had a chat to Woody, now I'm talking to yourself in the band, and it's so awesome to be able to do that, because you, you do have a big fan base down here, and um, I guess that's the first question for you, is why do you think your music connects so well with Australian audiences? Man, I, I mean, I guess because they know what's real, I guess, I don't know, I'm just stoked that it does, I guess, <laughs> you know, we we play all over the fucking place, and I'm, I'm Australia's always been... You can ask anybody. One of my favorite places on earth. Mm, awesome. I always tell people, like it's like America without the bullshit. <laughs> That's very nice of you to say. <laughs> First that, time man. I went there, I was like, "Oh man, I really fucked up. I should have 
I should have married a girl from Australia. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like that, isn't it? Yeah, I've been to the US a few times, and it depends on where you go in the US. It can be similar to Australia, but there, there are parts, you're right, where you do get a bit of culture shock. But, uh, but mate, you guys, you guys are always more than welcome here. And the other thing too, mate, is you know, you've been doing this a hell of a long time, over many decades. But I've I got to say, and I said this to Woodrow, that I reckon No Cross, No Crown is actually my favourite Corrosion of Conformity album. Uh, it's an incredible thing to say, given you've got four or five just ultimately classic albums out there. But, mate, when, when you guys were crafting that album, did you have a specific sound that you were going for, or do you guys just uh, like to let it flow? Well, I guess the biggest thing for me was that the last album I was on with those guys was uh, In the Arms of God. Yeah. You know, and that that was uh, at the time when that came out, that was my pinnacle of, you know, that was the best I could do. Yeah. I was I was I was patting myself on the back on that one. Mm-hmm. I still think it's the best thing I've ever done. And I was, and it, and it took a lot of work, and it took a lot of weird energy and all kind of stuff to happen. And I, so when it came time to do another record, you know, we had we kind of got back together and started hanging out and we suggested that we go to Europe and just play some shows and see what happens. Mm. We didn't have a record label. We didn't have booking agent. We didn't have shit. Yep. We called, we called some buddies up and they booked us some shows in Europe. So yes, yeah, your original lineup, Pepper's back in the band, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, we went over there and played some shows and it worked out pretty fucking good. And people came out to the shows and then, uh, we got a record deal. But then when it came time to do the record, I was fucking nervous. I ain't going to lie to you. Mm. You know, I yeah. was like, you know, cause we don't, we don't spit these things out, man. I ain't going to put out no bullshit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't want it to seem like it was like some kind of reunion money grab crap. You know, if we're oh, going to do it. We're yeah. going to do it for reals. Mm. So we toured for two years, you know, getting our shit together and getting our craft a little better and trying to figure out what direction we're going to go. Mm-hmm. And then this is the God's honest truth. One day we were sitting and we played a, a show in England at uh, some art center, but it was a refurbished cathedral. Right. Uh, and it's a, it's a beautiful place, man. I mean, fucking, mm. I mean, a cathedral. But they turned it into a concert venue. Yeah. So we're in there and we're sitting in the fucking, me and Woody are sitting in the, in the dressing room, which is where the bishop stayed and shit, I guess. Yeah. Whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck they are. Yeah. But we're sitting in this room stained glass windows everywhere. It's drop dead gorgeous. I'm looking at the damn stained glass window and at the bottom of it, it's got a guy getting persecuted and it says, no cross, no crown. Oh, nice. Okay. And, I, and I'm sitting there looking at that and that man, me and Woody looked at it like, Woody, you see that? And we both at that moment were like, that's the fucking title of the record. Mm. So we were both, it just, just echoed in our head so clearly. Mm. And yeah. uh, at that like we fucking inked the deal with the fucking nuclear blast and we were off to the races, man. And once you got that concept in your head, it was just kind of filling the blanks. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And and look, the other thing, that's a really good, that's an excellent way of explaining the, the album's birthing process, mate, by the way. That's that's stunning because the, yeah. the, the other thing, I, I don't think enough bands put enough energy and effort and attention into album covers these days. Of course, you don't have CDs now or very little CD sales and and vinyl sales yeah. and all the rest of it. But the album cover artist is outstanding. Now, Reed told me that's your daughter. Is that the case that's on the album cover? Uh, not necessarily. It was just a basic idea. I had her hold the skull up and then we, we did this thing. But it, mm. it needed to look like it sounded, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, it does. It does. I love the color scheme. I love everything. I can't wait to get a tour t-shirt with that printed on front of it. Yeah, we tried to do that, but they weren't doing the promoters down there. Didn't want to do any color shirts. <laughs> oh shit! Really? Thought that's a pain. Yeah, oh, we well. we have we have we have sold shitloads of them in the fucking states. But unfortunately, but I, I'm trying to rectify that as we speak, just so you know. Okay. Because I'm sure. very proud. Of, I'm proud of the album cover too. I think it looks killer. It's the imagery is great, and it, it just. It just adds to the whole thing. Yeah, it's on point. And look, I've got to congratulate you on something else. Um, but uh, the cut Mattress DM, I hope I've said it correctly there. That's a stunning song, and yeah. I understand that's yours. You know, so is there an yeah. Insp- yeah, what's the inspiration behind that one? Uh, I sent it to my ex-wife on Mother's Day. Okay. I wrote it. I yeah. wrote it on a damn, recorded on a damn iPhone. Hmm. And sent it to her because I was on tour and couldn't be home. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful song, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, I put a fucking iPhone on the side of a fucking couch and played it. <laughs> and that's that's what we're hearing is in people like myself on the album yeah. and listening to the album. That's the version. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, mate. it was a nice, nice fucking guitar in somebody else's dressing room. But, uh, yeah, uh, if you can believe that, man, that's the God's honest truth. That wasn't no studio shit. I wrote it in the fucking dressing room, just open-tuned. God, that's honest. That's such, there's such raw honesty and emotion in that cut, you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, I like writing those kind of songs. It's not always easy to do, but if you're in a mood, particular mood, and I can execute that better than writing a letter. <laughs> wow. If that makes go. any sense. Oh, it does. I mean, you're you're an outstanding musician and songwriter, so it makes sense that you've got this wonderful gift for for uh, crafting songs like that, you know. And uh, I think I think it just, you know, I said the same thing to Woody, but you guys have, you know, there's ten studio albums there. I know you came in at around 1990 or thereabouts, um, so you're on most of the albums. But you know, everything about you guys for so long has just been about quality. You know that, and and I think fans truly do appreciate that because you just do not release shit. And I'm not pointing the finger at other bands and saying that they do, but I'm saying it's Corrosion of Conformity have not released an album that I haven't enjoyed. And I, and I think that's true for a lot of hard rock and heavy metal fans. So my question for you, Matt, is that do you, do you get a lot of that feedback from people? I just love your authenticity. Uh, yeah. And I, and I think that the, the reason we started doing that kind of thing is because we were music fans as well, mm. you know. And, and to be honest with the way the whole thing started is that when we were recording the deliverance record, yep, we, uh, that record was recorded on a little label called relativity records. I remember it. Yeah. And we had done that record for pennies on the dollar. And, and we had John Custer working with us and they couldn't believe the way it sounded for how little money we spent on it. Hmm. So one thing came to another, and not many people know this story, but uh, Columbia Records had gotten a hold of the demos that we were doing for that record. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted they wanted to buy COC from Relativity Records. Okay. And, and, and Relativity said no, hell no. So it didn't happen. And so a couple of weeks later, one of the head honchos from Columbia Records contacted me and told me to go buy the New York Times newspaper and go to the financial section mm. and go to page whatever and look at the bottom. 
and it said Sony Music slash Columbia Records acquires Relativity Music. <laughs> oh, wow. Holy shit. That's incredible, Bill. They fucking they bought the fucking label and turned it into a distribution company and took and took us off of it. <laughs> that's incredible. Like that's and, yeah. Yeah. So we we were like we were kids, man. I was I was dirt broke dick in New York City riding a bicycle around, you know? Mm. Yeah. And That's so that that was kind of the game changer and that they uh and then they came back to us when we had they had the tracks in their hands and they said, you know, you guys is this what's in your head? And we weren't quite finished yet. Mm. And they said they hooked us up and they put us at Electric Lady Studios, Jimi oh, Hendrix's beautiful. place yeah. and said, Finish the record. You know, so we went ape shit, and we fucking made the record that was in our brains. You know that yeah. we were close to, but it was a luxury at that time in the nineties to be. Well, you know that kind of shit don't really happen anymore. Mm. But it was fun and it was challenging. And so, from basically, my story is now our our standards are pretty high. So we tried to achieve something like that, even though we have much smaller budgets nowadays. We still, I'd rather go to a shitty studio and spend three months than a fancy studio and spend a week. Mm. Yep, yep, yeah, like, like a true pro that you are. But, mate, I've got to tell you, that story's, that story's amazing. To, to think that Sony or Columbia were, were so keen on signing you guys, they bought the entire bloody label to ensure that they could have you as a band. Yeah, and, without, and, and it, it was no, they, we didn't know anything. We weren't part of that. They just, he just said, go look at it. And I, 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 to this day, I've had that shit cut out. I cut it out of a newspaper, stuck in a little black book, mm. and it's sitting on the, you know, but that was a game changer, you know. Well, you're a humble bloke, Pepper. I mean, you all are. We know that, but I mean, that's an incredible story. I mean, you know, in this day, the thing that shits me these days, rock and heavy metal is so overlooked by mainstream media. We know that. We know when Beyonce, yeah. be, you know, Beyonce gets a a Grammy for best rock performance. You know, there's something wrong. And you guys are just yeah. I mean, I I live in New Orleans, you know, so it's kind of interesting living down here. Yeah, you know, as as much as you know, I've been to forty eight countries, and the local jazz and blues magazines don't ever mention us, you know, at all. And all the New Orleans bands zigzag. All I I see more guys in the airport every time. We travel more than any of these bands around here. We never get any kudos, no. but you know what? I'm okay with, you know. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not here to play music for fat old ladies with tevas on dancing in the fucking mud. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm shooting for. <laughs> well, more power to you, mate. I mean, but yeah, it's just ridiculous. I think, like you know, I looked at the recent Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees, and I know that place is a joke, so don't worry. It's not making a point there about that, but yeah. it's it's more it's real though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see the. I mean, no, no disrespect to Nine Inch Nails, but you know, I mean, Notorious B.I.G. is rock, okay, <laughs> all right. So, yeah. at the expense of uh, Judas Priest, I think it was, and Soundgarden, and I mean, you guys should be in there. I mean, you, you talk about impact. Yeah, that ain't yeah, but you talk about impact, Pepper. You guys have had a tremendous impact on musicians. You know, the people that write the music. I appreciate that. You know, I don't think Kiss is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, well, I'm not. A, I'm going to be honest, man. I lo- I've I've spoken to Paul Stanley's son, Evan. He's a he's a top guy. So I'm not going to offend these guys, <laughs> I mate. Can tell but... you what, I've seen. I, I saw people's head explode 
when the BC boys got nominated and Kiss didn't. <laughs> I just remember going, well, that's, that's you know, I get you on that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, BC boys, though, you can, you, can, you can give some credence to because they were a punk band. Yeah. And, you know. BC boys changed change shit, man. I get it, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Kiss, yeah, I didn't know Kiss weren't in it, actually. That's crazy. I mean, jeez. No, you think it would be. I th- that, that's got their name written, or you know, they they you know, according to Gene, they invented rock and roll. Word, rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not a big maniac about Kiss, but I think they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, that that was the point I was going to make earlier. Yeah, no disrespect to anybody in the camp. I don't like the band no. much at all, but they should be there, really. Yeah, they're fucking rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy, mate. You know. What do we do, mate? You know, it's, it's, thank God for the internet, I say, because rock and heavy metal is fan-driven. I mean, I was just watching Obituary last night. I had a chat to Trevor Perez beforehand. And, mate, God, they're such a great what do you band. Mean? Watch them in real life? Sorry, say that again? You watch them in real life or on TV? No, in real life. No, they were just here in Brisbane. They're in Sydney tonight. Oh, yeah. yeah so. They're my fucking bro. That's Florida's finest, dude. Oh, they're incredible live. I mean, Trevor Perez, yeah. holy shit. I mean, he's such a uh, solid guitarist. They're getting better. They're getting better and cooler. Yeah, they look. Put on this, they put on this crazy rock festival in Florida. Hmm. Florida Death Fest or some shit like that. And they got COC to play it. Like, before we had the record out, they invited us to play. And that was a fucking big game changer. Mm-hmm. They were big COC fans. wanted us to play alongside, you know, Florida death metal bands. And I said, dude, we're going to be doing Albatross and shit. And they're like, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Do it. Nice. Yeah. I yeah, bet it went great. well. I yeah. love those guys. Yeah. Yeah, they were fantastic. Terry Butler, you know, he was in Death uh, in Massacre. I think he was up on stage as well. The only person missing, God rest his soul, was Ralph Santola. I love Ralphie. I've spoken mm-hmm. to him a couple of times before he passed away, but you know, I've seen him. In, I saw him when he was in Deerside, and he was just incredible as a lead guitarist. Um, to be honest, I don't. don't can't, do... punch, can't punch a hole in that whole scene down there, dude. <laughs> God. It's incredible, isn't it? It's just amazing around Tampa. Yeah, it was that. That's the fucking belly of the beast, man. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, brother, I better head off and get to this bloody dentist appointment. But look, I'll just cap things off yeah. by saying. <laughs> You know, thank you so much. Hope for you don't end, don't end up with any wooden teeth. <laughs> I'll get I'll get some gold teeth put in, like all the gangsters. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, mate. Well, hopefully we'll see you at the show. Come say hello. I'll definitely be there. So hopefully we can catch up. Yeah, no worries. Awesome. All right, buddy. Thank you very much, brother. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name, of course, is Andrew Mackay-Smith. Hope you enjoyed that conversation there with the great, the one and only Pepper Keenan from Corrosion of Conformity. Thanks for listening.